0: Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at TaylorConstructionEquipment.com or call 662 446 1048. Now get ready for thunder and lightning.
1: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way, the trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at BrewPelo.com over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupelo was in Marcella. Marcella? Marcella.
2: Not Marcello, like Brandon. No,
1: but we're going to talk about him in a second, but Marcella. Yeah, that would be a little weird. There you go. Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And don't forget, when you buy from Strange Brew Coffeehouse, you are supporting the Bulldog Initiative. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. As the holiday season approaches, if you've got MSU fans in the uh, in the family, and I assume you do if you're listening to this podcast, and if you don't and you got Ole Miss fans, well, guess what? they got you covered, too. So if it's maroon and white, red and blue, black and gold, whatever it is, they've got you covered at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. That's right. That's the best meal in town. Lunch? Yes. Dinner? Yes. Sunday brunch? Also, yes. No need to wait. No need to, uh, to, to worry about it. If you just make a reservation to Restaurant Tyler, you know it's going to be a great one. The special occasion is the dinner at Restaurant Tyler. But you know, if you want to get engaged there, they'll certainly help you out with that. So enjoy yourself. Take a trip to Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi. They are here to serve you. Community banking. It's just an important thing. It's just like eating locally, shopping locally. It's what builds your strong communities. And guys, at the end of the day, do you want to do business with people you know or people you don't? Do you want to talk to people who, who you don't have any, who have no relationship with or people that you see every week? It feels like an easy answer to me. So if that's the case and you live in central Mississippi, you need to check out Priority One Bank and see what they can do for your finances starting today. Go to PriorityOneBank.com, find a location near you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Just a couple of days away from Mississippi State uh, versus uh, Kentucky over at Davis Wade Stadium. But... The, the the national focus is not on this game. And why would it be? It's two unranked teams. But there is some national focus here in will Robbie, as two more articles have been written in the last two days uh, putting Zach Arnett on the proverbial hot seat. One written by friend of the show, Ross Dellinger. The other one written by friend of the show, Brandon Marcello. A lot of friends of the show out there. we we're, were excited to see them uh, doing well. Is Andy Staples a friend of the show. So, so I like Andy, and we have always had good relations in the past. But like the last four times I've texted him to see if he'll come on either this podcast or the Sports on Mississippi, no response. So I don't know if we have beef or not.
2: I don't think he's a friend of the show.
1: If only I had an on three employee on this show, maybe he could reach out to him. I don't. I guess that'll never happen though. Uh so. Marcelo wrote his article What's today, on three? huh? What's on three? It's this new fangled website. Um, they, 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 yeah, they do Mississippi State sports. Um, so Marcelo's article was today. Dellinger, Dellinger's article was yesterday. Um, both of them, you know, pointing out that the contract situation. Is not such that it's it's a huge burden on the back of Mississippi State. I thought one point that Marcelo made was that was interesting. He, you know, he, he didn't talk about the USM game. Obviously, that's a game Mississippi State fans and and everyone is going to consider it to be a, a, a game Mississippi State should win. So that, that's sort of off the uh, the table there. And obviously, a, a loss there would be an abject disaster. Um, but he said that a one and two finish, which would put State six and six and in a bowl game might not be enough to to keep Zach Arnett as safe, which is kind of interesting because there's been a lot of talk that six and six bowl game, he's back next season. I have thought the same thing. I have thought, you know, the 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 difference between five and seven and six and six is not so great that you have to make a decision that defines your football program around it. You shouldn't define your football program because you you luck up and beat Kentucky Saturday or you get really lucky and beat Ole Miss. Uh, on Thanksgiving night, it's more, it's about more than that. So now four articles total, Robbie, we we have to buy into the idea at this point. If you haven't bought into the idea that Zach Arnett is on the hot seat, I I, I can't, I don't know that I'm capable of selling you on it.
2: No. I mean, if you haven't bought in, then you're just trying to disagree with us Yeah. at this point. You just don't like us. And and I'm I'm with you. I truly do not believe that it's a it's a straight up five and seven. Zach Garnett's fired. Six and six, he stays. I I just refuse to believe that. Right. And um, you know, I haven't. I've obviously hadn't got anybody on or off the record at Mississippi State to say that. And maybe some people have. I don't think that anybody would say that and be giving that information out freely. Quite frankly, like I I just don't think administration is going to come out and say, yeah, if, if he goes six and six, he's going to stay.
1: Right. No one's going to say that. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, Joe Moorhead basically was that everybody was told that he was going to stay uh, after the Ole Miss game. And we see what happens there. So I, I think that things, uh, even if they're being said by administration right now, can change pretty drastically. And uh, do I believe that they've made a decision yet? No. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that Zach Arnett has been told these are your final four games or whatever? No, I don't believe that. Do I believe that he's been told that six wins allows him to stay? I don't. I don't think that those conversations have really been had by uh, Zach Selman. We're speaking on after the season. We are talking about what's going to happen after the Egg Bowl, right. from Mississippi State, and just simply going six and six. I don't think. I don't think that. Uh, you know, does the job. Uh, I think the most important thing beyond the wins and losses is, are we seeing tangible evidence that Mississippi state can win moving forward under Zach Arnett? And so far we have not seen that. That would have to be a drastic change over the course of the next uh, four weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, Winning the re- winning the rest of these ball games would certainly give him a very good shot of being head coach next oh, year for sure. <laughs> and anybody that would argue against that, that would say that you know it's a done deal now, then you're just you're just against Zach Arnett. Yes. You're, you're just you're just ready to move on. But if he beats Kentucky and goes on the road and beats AM and then beats Southern Miss and Ole Miss, and you're sitting there at eight 84. and four, yeah, you're he's fine. going to stay. Unless he, he unless he just decided to be here, yeah, Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, yes, the wins and losses do matter. If he goes eight and four at this point, it's kind of hard to fire a coach like that. Six and six, and the team, you know, beat Kentucky at home, which it's done every single time since two thousand and ten, and they beat Southern Miss. I just don't, you know, and you know, probably don't look great in those two ball games. I just don't see how that is changing the end result, you know, uh, next year or a couple of years down the road. So, um, the recruiting is very concerning. I think you just have to look at everything. Recruiting is very concerning. It's really concerning that parents are coming on message boards and saying that the coaches are lost and they don't really have a game plan mm-hmm. and things like that. The locker room's mad. Like that is, that's not good. That doesn't, mm-hmm. That's happened before. We have seen that on our message boards before, but it wasn't happening very often under Dan Mullen and it wasn't happening very often under Mike Leach. And those are two coaches that kind of had their stuff together. Um, But we've seen it with Joe Moorhead and now Zach Arnett. And Joe Moorhead basically was let go because of what happened. I mean, it was kind of a culmination, but Ultimately, it was what was happening at bowl practices and noticing that things were kind of out of control. And I don't think that's the case with Zach Arnett. I don't think the players are running the asylum or whatever. But that's just, you know, the way that the team looks on Saturdays, the way the play calling, the schemes and everything, it just looks like there's just kind of a collective – You know, there's some collective issues there with the coaching staff as far as, you know, going out there and putting a good product on the field. That to me is going to be way more important than just getting to a bowl game. How does the team look? What's recruiting looking like? Can you survive this in this league with this coaching staff? That is going to be ultimately what leads to whatever decisions Zach Selman makes. It's not going to be oh, well, they just went six and six. Uh, to me, if that is the case, if that is the case, which is, I mean, it's being reported that the, if he's six and six, he's going to stay. If that is how Zach Selman does business, you're in trouble. If your AD just looks at wins and losses and not the whole body of work, you are in trouble. And I choose to believe that is not the case.
1: Two things. First first off, that was one thing you said. You should never, ever, ever back yourself into a, this is the way it's going to be in college football. Things change on a dime every year. So, you know, if if somebody is telling you, well, you know, this is how it's going to be, that's probably not, you know, because things can change. You know, as simple as that. Like like we said, if if somebody was telling you it's a done deal, Arnett's going to go, and then he wins these next four, there's no way he's going to go. And by that same token, Somebody's telling you how oh, it's a done deal. He's going to stay, and he goes five and seven. There's no way he's going to stay. So that that's kind of there's that. Richard asked me a question this morning on, on the uh, on our on our production call. I want to ask it to you. Is there a result Saturday night that could happen that people would walk away going, okay, maybe maybe we need to you know rethink where we're, where we're going with this where. If, if 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 he if this is the the way the game is played and this is the final score, is there something that Mississippi State fans could walk away from saying, okay, well maybe they are getting a little bit better.
2: If they come out and win like forty five
1: to six, <laughs> that much and, I said 31-10. Goodness gracious, 45 I mean, they might 10.
2: do it too. Um, and then I want to see you know does Zach Arnett come in the, come in the press conference and say, you know what, this is my freaking team. I'm tired of all the conversation out there. I'm going to win. It's
1: a co-ass. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If he comes in there doing that and state wins by, you know, three, four touchdowns, that might earn some respect. You know, that might earn some goodwill with the fan base. And there would still be some people that have just made up their minds. Right. You know, you and I, and we get accused of it sometimes, but you and I are not really impressionable. But we're not super tied to one line of thinking, right? I'm not. You no, know, if we if we see that there's progress, or if other way around, if we see that things are trending in a bad direction, then we can change our opinions on stuff. If Zach Arnett comes out on Saturday. The offense looks great. The defense looks great. You you win an SEC ball game against a team that's going to go to a bowl uh, pretty handily, and he shows some fire. I could certainly change my opinion on what he does uh, and what he can do at Mississippi State. The problem is we haven't seen that. We, we've stacked now, you know, what, six straight games, six, seven straight games
1: mm-hmm.
2: of bad football. Mm-hmm. Even even the two wins that they had, the three wins that they had were that, not you know, great.
1: No, like the, the win over West, you know, he had a chance to win three in a row, which I think would have bought him. People are like okay, five and three, they're they're okay, but he yeah, didn't. Every,
2: uh, not everybody, but most people would have been yeah, starting to come around. Exactly, if he had, had he won at Auburn,
1: exactly. But and you got to think, you know, he won two in a row there. The Western Michigan game is ugly as hell defensively, and the Arkansas game is ugly as hell offensively. So it's not like they played well but they got the win. And if they had gotten if they had beaten Auburn and we're sitting here at 5 and 3, you would you I, I mean, if, if they were 5 and 3 I would tell you they're probably going to beat Kentucky, they'll beat Southern Miss and then we'll see what happens in the Egg Bowl. But as it is, it, 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 they did, they didn't do that. And so it's a Arnett needs to go on a winning streak. He needed to go on a winning streak and now he doesn't really have an opportunity to to do that as much. So I feel like these 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 hot seat articles are going to continue. I mean, you know, Bruce Feldman will have one out at some point, and Stuart Mandel and everybody else, and Zach Arnett is just going to continue to be on them. And somebody, I I don't know what message board it was on, but I saw I thought this was a good point. You know, when State fired Moorhead, there was a lot of outrage, might be a strong word, but there was a lot of like from the national media of like, wow, who do they think they are? Yeah, and you know, there were there was some some pushback on that. And yet, here, it feels like everybody is just kind of on board, like, yeah, that, that's probably what's going to happen with Zach Arnett.
2: Well, here's the thing. Um, and somebody compared compared uh, Arnett to Lamonis yesterday. This mm-hmm. is completely different. Chris Lamonis won a national championship. I'm, I'm not sure why this has to be explained. Right. But Chris Lamonis won a national championship, and the year before was COVID, so that he didn't get a chance to do whatever in that year. 2019, he went to the College World Series in his first year. Yeah. So he had two College World Series appearances and two chances in a national championship. He gets a little bit of grace. He get, you know, we were we kind of thought that it was a little bit of a stretch to keep him last year, just because that's two years now. Mm
1: -hmm. But
2: even we can understand him getting a third year. Zach Arnett, under the circumstances that he came in I think the national media, you know, agrees on it. And it's what we saw preseason. Nobody believed in Zach Arnett. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed that Mississippi State could be successful outside of this beat. And, um, you know, that's us having some maroon shades on. You know, we're closer to the situation. It looked okay. They, I thought he hired a good staff. Spring looked fine, fall camp. So the national media, I think, understands this situation is totally different than – many situations that coaches go through you have a coach pass away in the middle of bowl season and you basically had to do whatever it takes to kind of keep your recruiting class together keep the team together with the bowl game coming up and you know not that many people had a problem with the hire I don't think but I think what you're seeing is people understand that Mississippi State has to get back on track here, and Zach Arnett is probably not the guy to do it. Doesn't appear to be. He's going to have an opportunity over the next four weeks to do that. I just don't see it. I don't see it. With what you got coming up, Kentucky, that was a a game that most of us picked as a win. I don't know now, looking at that game. And then A&M on the road, that looks like going to be – that's going to be a very difficult game to win. And Ole Miss looks really tough. So it just doesn't look promising. Right. Uh, right now for Zach Arnett. And I think people understand that, especially the national media. And like I said, when it first happened with Andy Staples, these guys are not just throwing stuff against the wall. Right. right. This isn't this isn't just, you know, they're just guessing. Right. They know something. They know something. And it, and I wanna reiterate, we're not saying it's coming from Zach Selman's office. Yeah. I, I feel like that's been misconstrued somewhere. Yes. But someone has told these people this is a possibility, Yes. and it might be somebody that knows that knows Zach Selman, or, the or that knows somebody know
1: stuff. They know what the temperature of the water for their clients. Yeah,
2: you know, they're not idiots. So you know, I don't think it's coming. I don't think that Zach Selman's calling people uh, right. and telling them this information. But someone of uh, you know prominence, whether it be in the agent circles or what, is telling them that it's a possibility. And that's why you're starting to see more and more talk about that. And it's not coming from random site writers or blogs. It's coming from people that cover this business for a living and that are very tied into college athletics and college football.
1: Yeah, simple as that. I mean, these guys you know, are, are some of the top national college football writers out there. They didn't get there by just making stuff up and you know, just guessing and hoping that they were right. You know, they, 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 that, That's not how that works. So, We'll see what this weekend brings, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in the second part of the show. Let's move on into that. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Please, if you haven't already, go vote at the Mississippi Beef Council Facebook page for your favorite steakhouse and burger in the state of Mississippi. They've got two links pinned there at the top of the Facebook page, and all you got to do is click on them, and you can vote for your favorite steakhouse, your favorite burger in the state of Mississippi. Get those great local restaurants, the publicity that they deserve, thanks to our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. This weekend, if you want to watch college football before you head over to Davis Wade Stadium, Two Brothers is a great spot for that. Plenty of big-screen TVs, great food, cold beer, you know, I mean, what I don't know what else I can I can sell. If I can't sell you on that, well, and apparently the most apparently the most potent sweet tea in the state of Mississippi. Knock you out. Good. So check it out. Two brothers smoked meats. Also, don't forget, when you support two brothers, you support the Bulldog Initiative. Makes it really easy for a dining decision in Starkville. Great products, great service. Every business likes to promise it. They deliver it at Advantage Business Systems, and they've been doing it now. For 48 years. So if you need technology for your business, if you need a new copy or a new printer, new computers, anything like that, you need to call Advantage Business Systems. Find out what they've got to offer. Great name brands at a a really quality price. But where they stand out is their service. And they've been doing that for 48 years. So you know the service is good because you can't stay open. You can't keep a business open unless you take care of your customers. So they've been doing it 48 years. It tells you the quality of service they're going to provide. 601-362-9192 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue? Well, that is the uh, the place to find your Christmas gift for your dad this year. And if you're a dad and you're listening, you just need to play this little clip I'm about to do on a loop, and then subliminally, they'll figure it out. Like, ooh, I... I don't know why, but I want to get my dad a new polo, a new quarter zip from the Rogue. I mean, the Rogue has great name brands, fantastic styles, and they've got the logos that our dad wants. He told me specifically he was tired of wearing a baby a banner M the size of a baby elephant on his shirt. He wanted something nice, subtle, and understated with the state script or the interlocking MSU. Maybe I should check out the Rogue in Jackson or shop online at therogue.com so dad doesn't have to live the three-stripe strip life. Shop at the rogue.
2: Maybe he won't have a polo that's got gray sleeves on it, while the other part of the polo is maroon.
1: Right. Well, with with a big white stripe across the uh, the gut there.
2: I always wonder what what is going in the heads of people that design these shirts, where it's like a random you know stripe in there, you know, random like like Mississippi State on the arm. Like, yeah, like, what are you thinking?
1: I can't, I can't even begin to tell you. So. Oh well.
2: All right. It's like Picasso. <laughs> All
1: right. Let's jump into this interview. I talked earlier today to our friend John Hale, who kind of a bittersweet interview, Robbie. This is the last Kentucky game for quite a while. John is a guy who's been on with us, I think, going back to when I was doing the B and B show. To be totally honest with you, I've always had him on the show as my Kentucky guy. And now I don't need a Kentucky guy for the next couple of years. So we talked to John about this game, and I also got his favorite memory from the Mississippi State-Kentucky series. Let's go now to John Hale from the Lexington Herald-Leader. Very happy to welcome back John Hale. He covers the Kentucky Wildcats for the Lexington Herald-Leader. And John, these are two teams that I think would both say their seasons have not gone the way they wanted them to. I would need a full hour to get you through Mississippi State and where it's gone wrong. <laughs> Could you possibly pinpoint, though, where you think it's gone wrong for Kentucky this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Even when they started 5-0, and there were plenty of reasons for concern. You know, a lot of inconsistency, especially on offense. And basically, the just last three games, they played three better teams, and they weren't able to win those games, making some of the mistakes they did against lesser competition. So I think that's the biggest part of it. Uh, the defense in particular has taken a step back against those three teams, but it's probably the three best offenses they're going to face all year. So that's you know somewhat to be expected. Uh, but the good news is for the first time really all season, the passing game looked close to what they expected going into the year against Tennessee last weekend. We'll see if they can carry that forward. But that has been an area for real concern for most of the year in terms of they've had a quarter, they've had a half, uh, where it looked really good, but Devin Leary was not nearly as accurate as he was billed to be coming into it. And then the receivers had been uh, pretty poor overall with drop passes and not running good routes. Uh, that finally clicked on Saturday where both of those things looked really good. Uh, so if they if they found something to build around there, uh, there's some hope that they can still salvage something out of this. But certainly uh, this is not the spot they hope to be when you start 5-0. and
1: you mentioned Leary, 28-39 of 39 on Saturday against Tennessee, 372 yards, two touchdowns, far and away his best game of the season. Now he's going to play a Mississippi State defense that has just been awful this year against the pass, giving up 72% completion percentage. I mean, it seems like an obvious question, but did, did that game come at the absolute best possible time for Leary?
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they had to figure that out to get this turned around. It's interesting. What, two years ago, 2021, they started 6-0, and and then they lost three in a row and they won their last three games in the regular season in the bowl game to get to 10 wins. Uh, but in that third loss, they also played Tennessee. It was, I think, 45-42, and it was the first time all year the offense had really you know clicked completely, and and they felt like they had something to build on even though they lost the game. It, it feels like the vibe is very similar this week, uh, although the run game wasn't very good against Tennessee because Tennessee just said, you know, we're going to stack the box with nine guys and make you beat us through the air and uh, to Tennessee's credit, they still won the game. But Kentucky passing the way they did, I think, will give future opponents a little pause from trying, uh, you know, trying to duplicate that strategy. So they finally have some confidence there, and not just Leary and himself, but like a guy like Barryon Brown, who has made big plays in the past when he was like open down the field or they got in the ball on a screen in space. He made contested catches in tight coverage, which we hadn't really seen him to do. Uh, Dane Key, who struggled a lot with drops early in the season, had a huge game as a receiver. Those two sophomores really stepping up and taking that next step, uh, that's big for just the whole unit together, working confidence-wise. And and frankly, if it wasn't going to happen now, it it was fair to wonder if it was going to happen all this season. So I guess better late than never.
1: You know that this series has not been kind to the home team, or to the road team, over the past couple of decades. Kentucky's last win in Starkville was 2008 and, and overall, Stoops has just not been a great coach on the road. I know it's tough to win on the road, but his record is, is kind of a, a surprising one when you look at how successful he's been at home. Why Is there something that you can, again, pinpoint, I guess, that why Stoops and this team has been so bad on the road through the years?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably mostly just speaks to the talent level at Kentucky. Obviously, it's in a much better spot than it has been for most of the program's history, but they're still not in that upper tier of the sec and talent i mean even when you bring in top 25 recruiting classes nationally you're like 11th in the sec and a lot of these when they play good teams on the road they just haven't been able to beat them i mean they've won at south carolina several times obviously at vanderbilt which barely counts uh they've won at missouri a couple times and you know they've won at florida twice which was obviously historically something kentucky never did but florida's been down they've never won at georgia and they've never won a road game at an SEC West team since right. Stoops got here. Um, the Mississippi State series in that part is is the real albatross because clearly they've beaten Mississippi State at home plenty of times, and, and this series is so balanced historically. I think it's 25-25-1 all-time right now. Uh, so that part of it has been confusing. But if you look at the scores that first year in 2013 when Kentucky was frankly terrible, uh, that was maybe their best chance to win in Starkville if if they had got not been offsides on a on a late onside kick and and the other ones haven't I think been 14 or more all all final scores so um, it's just something they haven't figured out how to do I mean the cowbells are probably a factor but I don't know if it's that much different than you know the the noise level at a hundred thousand uh, you know seat Neyland Stadium or something like that where they have won uh, so uh, it's 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 hard to explain. Mark Stoops wasn't biting on that question at all this week because he he doesn't want to give anybody a headline, but uh, until they figure out how to win, especially at those those current West teams on the road, you have to have real questions about what their success level is going to look like in the new look SEC where there's no divisions.
1: Every week on, on our podcast, we do a, an offensive and a defensive player of the game prediction. But we also predict a player we call an X factor, who's just not necessarily going to pile up stats in this game. Just somebody you could see making a big play, somebody who could do something that makes a difference for the team in this game. Who would that player be for Kentucky for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think most weeks for Kentucky, that that player is Deion Walker, the defensive tackle. I mean, he's a huge guy. He's like you know six six three twenty or something crazy like that. He's a sophomore. It's probably their best NFL draft prospect, but just because of the position he plays, uh, you know, he's not going to ever put up huge numbers, but he can affect the game in so many ways. Just like taking up multiple blockers and you know causing some havoc with pressures uh, when he plays like that, it makes it so much easier for everybody else on the defense. I mean. He's made some some big plays at times, but then uh, he had a huge penalty at Georgia, which kind of hurt the momentum early in that game. And then last week against Tennessee, missed a tackle on a on a screen pass late in the game that could have helped them get off the field and get the ball back the last time they needed. So it's not perfect by any means, but he's probably their most talented player, uh, and so they need him to play like that to to certainly win these games on the road.
1: Five and zero start, three losses in a row, three of the final four games. are are relatively winnable. Mississippi State, South Carolina, of course, those games are on the road. Louisville on the road. But in an in-state rivalry, I I never take anything for granted in those games. Obviously, the the Alabama game is going to be tough. Can can Kentucky finish this out strong if they get a win here uh, Saturday? Can they win three of their Final Four and and have an eight-win season?
0: Yeah, I mean, it just feels like this week is like the total turning point one way or the other because – I do think if they win in Starkville and kind of vanquished that demon then you know, what they've done, you know, the last couple of weeks in terms of building, finding some positives, I give them a lot of credit for the easy narrative would have been losing streak. They've just, you know, folded the first time of adversity, which hasn't really been the case the last two weeks. Then I think there's enough there that they rally and, and finish this strong, you know, win at South Carolina. And then they've dominated a little recently, obviously a new coaching staff, much different team than the last three years. But you can win that game too. But if they lose in Starkville, I don't think they're going to win another game. I mean, mm-hmm. I think at that point, you lose to Starkville, you're probably almost certainly going to lose to Alabama the next week, and things will have spiraled so much that it will be difficult to go win at South Carolina when they're probably going to be playing for bowl eligibility and to beat your you know arch rival who's got all the momentum in the last game. It just feels like this week is like going to be the difference between a season you can be proud of with you know 8, 9, 10 possible wins if you get to a bowl game, whatever. And a season that maybe they don't even get to a bowl at all, which would be a, you know, an unmitigated disaster given how it started.
1: Wow. So you've become sort of a stalwart on this podcast for our Kentucky coverage, but next year, obviously Mississippi State doesn't play Kentucky. And then that game, you know, nineteen ninety is the last time these two teams didn't play each other. You mentioned the series is tied twenty five all through the years. You've done this uh this beat for a long time. Do you have a favorite memory from the Mississippi State Kentucky series that you want to share with us?
0: Yeah, it's funny actually. We meant the last time they won in Starkville, two thousand eight. That was the very first Kentucky football game I covered. Uh oh, I was wow. a student paper at, at UK um, as a student. Uh, we drove down to Starkville to cover the game and turned around and drove back immediately afterwards. So uh, <laughs> I certainly can't do that at thirty six anymore. But uh, I will never forget that game. Just you know, it was the first one. Uh, I had written a column for the paper earlier that week about they finally needed to bench Mike Hartline and play Randall Cobb at quarterback and. Uh, and Heartline started, but Cobb came in and kind of led them to the win there, and uh, and that one will always stick with me for sure.
1: That was a horribly boring
0: football game. Yes, I, I really bad. that. So,
1: well, John, we'll see you when we see you, I guess, and I guess we'll see you in Starkville this Saturday, and then after that, we hope to have you back on, you know, probably in a couple years or so. So you yeah. keep chugging along, and and we'll do the same. Thanks for joining me, man. We appreciate it.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for always having me.
1: All right, thanks to John. Appreciate his time. I want to ask you something because he, we were talking in, in that interview about how important this game is for Kentucky. Right, Kentucky sitting at five and three. He made the comment. He said, "I think if Kentucky loses this game, they're going to lose out. They'll go five and seven, which would be an unbelievable disaster to lose seven straight games after being five and zero and round. I think they were ranked in the top fifteen. So, my question is for you, for Mississippi State. Obviously, Zach Arnett and the players, this game is important to them. But how important is this game really? Because we were just talking about, you know, does it really matter if they finish six and six, five and seven? So, what I guess I would say is, like, unless this is going to spark winning three of your final four games, I don't really know how important this game is in the grand scheme of things.
2: Well, I mean, you still have pride to play for. You still have a bowl bowl streak to play for, um, and you lose this game, and you risk things kind of falling apart for you down the stretch even more. And, uh, you know, I feel certain that Will Rogers is going to return in some capacity in the next few weeks at some point. Um, so, I mean, you would like for the team to to still have that morale and, and fight here towards the end of the year, but you don't really want your team to give up. Especially whenever you know Thanksgiving gets here, you don't want to run on the field and be you know dead out there. So, yeah. I mean, it's still big. I mean you you don't want to have a season where you're last or second to last in the SEC West. Um, so I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't want to lose any games. Yeah, even if that means like
0: it's you're, you're like, going to
2: make a coaching change at some point.
1: Obviously, the games are important because the games are important. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, they only get twelve games. You'd like to win as many of them as you can. I'm just trying to think in terms of like a grand scheme of things. Because if, if Kentucky loses this game, let's say what John has, says comes to fruition at five and seven, I don't know that Stoops is on a hot seat this year. But people would be looking at him like, "Look, you won ten games two years ago, and then since then you've dropped off. What's going on?"
2: And did, it, did he pick uh, Kentucky to lose?
1: We didn't do a. I don't. I don't. I don't like to do a prediction with those guys. I just. I, you know. Just, just trying to get his thoughts on the game. Coward. Say, I know. But I'll say that he didn't sound like he was super confident that Kentucky was just going to come in here and 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 take this game from Mississippi State. And, we, of course, he talked about how Stoops, and then that team has just not been great on the road. So for Mississippi State, I feel like this game is important because it's the next game, sort of to take some coach speak there from, from Zach Arnett. But unless State does what we were just talking about, unless they win by a large margin... It's not like we're going to wake up on Sunday morning and people are going to feel good about this program. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe I I may just be talking out of my butt here, to be totally honest with you. I feel like I am a little bit, but...
2: I I don't think that a win is going to change perception by a ton. Yeah. I I just think people have kind of seen enough. I mean, it. you know, I, I think that six wins is going to make... Make a decision more difficult mm-hmm. for Mississippi State just because you're talking about when the guy went to a bowl game and the, you know as a first year coach and all that. But I think you just have to look at the overall body of work, and if it's if you're not showing tremendous improvement as the year goes on, then I think it's a it's a very concerning thing for you moving forward. So I just I wonder. You know what happens from this now. If they lose, you get closer and closer to it being a pretty easy decision, right? Um, right. But you know, I, I just don't. I don't see like state winning this game. I don't. I don't see people just being over the moon if that happens.
1: One last thought: How much do I need to pay you to show up Saturday, uh, shaved down to a goatee with sunglasses on and a Michigan hat? <laughs>
2: Uh, I might do it for free.
1: All right, I w- I think that'd be hilarious. Come in, you, gotta, you, need, you, need, you need like a nondescript pullover as well. So,
2: how many people do you think went to Halloween last night? As that, um, as Connor Stallions, the, Connor Stallions on the sideline of Central Michigan
1: A <laughs> lot. I would imagine almost every every Ohio State frat party last night had one Connor Stallions there. Yeah. No question about it. Michigan State too, probably. So all right.
2: Josh Pate has 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 reviewed the film and he the, the now sunglasses has sunglasses with the camera. Sunglasses with a camera and he has found oh, a camera on the sunglasses.
1: Please let this be true. Please let it be true.
2: All right. <laughs> I I kind of have respect for him for doing this. Like it's
1: it's I'm telling it's more funny than anything. It's more funny that these people have put together an elaborate
2: spy network. <laughs> so all right. Because you know everybody's stealing signs.
1: Yes, but it's not like this.
2: The fact that they they sent this dude to like every road game, he's going to like Central Michigan games. Yeah. On
1: the sidelines. I I was just, I saw that picture of him, and the first thing I thought of was when Bobby Valentine got thrown out of the game and then came back to the dugout with a fake mustache on. I was like, what is
2: this? So.
1: Oh, well. hey. Alright guys, back tomorrow with three P's for Mississippi State and Kentucky. For Robbie Falk I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.